incredible zuchos to be here with all of you, and especially to prepare together a little bit for the Yantav of Pesach, because we know that although all of us know about Pesach preparations, I think very often our Pesach preparations are much more focused, of course, on the actual physical or logistical preparations, and sometimes the part that we don't get to be as attentive to are the spiritual preparations. But the truth is, everything we do, all of the physical logistics, are only there in order to provide the platform, ultimately, for the spiritual aliyah, for the spiritual elevation of Pesach. You know, when one looks in Hasidic literature, one sees that there is no greater night in the entire year than the night of the Seder, which if you think about it, is an incredible thing. If you ask me what was the most powerful night of the year, I don't know, first night of Rosh Hashanah, after all, again, Rosh Hashanah, we have the opportunity, brand new year, Tabla Rasa, brand, brand, brand new state, Yom Kippur, Slicho Mechila, total forgiveness, and you could go through the list. There are many incredibly pivotal and cathartic nights throughout the calendar. But yet, when one looks in Hasidus, one begins to see, one looks in Hasidic literature, one is able to see that there is no more powerful night than the night of the Savior. There's just something different. There's an energy. There's a power that surges through this night that if we're able to tap into it, if we're just able to tap into it, then there is no telling what we can become. And there is no telling who we can become. And there's no telling what type of cathartic and transformative moments we could truly encounter all while sitting at our own dining room table or for that matter, wherever we're going to be over the course of Pesach or for the Seder. And one of the things, actually, I guess the theme, I know I gave a different title for tonight. I, I kind of switched it up a little bit only because there's been something on my mind a little bit that I wanted to, to utilize this platform as an opportunity to discuss, which is, you know, we call the experience of the first night of Pesach, we call it a Seder. We call it a Seder. Now, Seder literally means order. Order. And in fact, again, we'll get into the Simani Seder, but it means order. And, you know, if you think about it, if there's one thing that I think most of us feel is lacking in life more than anything, it's Seder. It's order. Right? And the truth is, this is true when one looks kind of on the on just like the humanity level. I was just thinking about this today, how, you know, we can't, we, we, had, we had two years in a pandemic, two years in a pandemic, right? It was two years, Purim, two years in a pandemic. Feels like hopefully, you know, again, that's, I don't know, I guess depends who you ask, if it's over, if it's not over, waning, whatever it is, hopefully it, it's certainly less than what it was. And then again, we go from that into a dramatic war, to a war between Russia and Ukraine. We see overwhelming upheaval. We see millions of people displaced. We see our own Jewish brothers and sisters impacted and affected. We see now the images that are coming out of Bucha now with the, with the horrific, horrific, barbaric acts committed against civilians. And the world is experiencing so much upheaval. And, and, and it feels, it just doesn't feel like there's any level of Seder. It just doesn't feel like there's any level. And the truth is, it's true even when you look, when you kind of, even if you're not on the international scene, if you know, it feels like we're living in a time where there's so much more turbulence in relationships, whether it's in marriage, whether it's in raising children, there feels like there's so much upheaval. Now, again, not to paint a bleak picture, chas v'shalom. There's so much beautiful bracha as well. There's so much, so much success in Klal Yisrael, both, and again, in a material sense and in a spiritual sense. There's such a proliferation of Torah. 
like we've never, Kali Saul has never had before. I will tell you just as an aside, I mentioned this in a different year, but you know, in Dafyomi, in Dafyomi, we began Mesechas Yevamos a couple of weeks ago. And out of all the tractates of the Talmud, Yevamos is the most complicated, the most complicated. So I went to Baltimore. Here we have a couple of Jewish bookstores. I went into one of our Jewish bookstores and I wanted to buy an art scroll Yevamos. And the manager of the store told me, oh, we're out. We're out. I said, okay, you know, when, when, are, you, when are you getting more? So he said, no, no, no. Art scroll is out. Art scroll doesn't have any more Gemaras. And I said to myself, did you just hear those words? Art scroll, the mothership, right? Doesn't have any more Gemara Yevamis. I don't know if the history of the Jewish people, there's ever been a run on Meseches Yevamis. Yevamis is not one of the more popularly learned Meseches. Outside of yeshivas, we live in such a time of proliferation of Torah. Such a time, ultimately, again, a proliferation of spirituality, even a program like this, which is so beautiful, bringing women together, the Chizuk mission, what a, what a great name, right? That hopefully the name captures the essence. To be machazek, to be machazek, to give inspiration, to give strength to one another. So there's so much blessing. But there also seems like there's so much upheaval. There's so much chaos. And so we come to the first night of Pesach, and we sit down to Seder, Seder, order, order. And to a certain degree, this becomes the mission of the Jew on Pesach, to make Seder, to make order out of the chaos. Because the truth is, sometimes when there's so much happening all around you in life, you lose your direction a little bit, right? You could go ahead and you could lose yourself in the chaos going on around you. Or ultimately you could go ahead. You know, I, I think, I think where many of us learn this is an interesting idea. You know, if you have, if you have um, AirPods, so the newer AirPods, I forgot the term for it, but like, I think they call it like sound deafening. It's an incredible thing that I found. You could block out all sound, block out all sound. And it's an amazing thing that even if you're not on the phone or listening to music, just to put them in, just to go ahead and block out what's happening around you. And it's an amazing thing, because at least I find you can focus on whatever it is, whether you're focusing on looking at the sky, or you're focusing on looking at a chumish, or you're focusing on whatever, or whatever it is, the ability to go ahead and create seder out of chaos is so incredibly important. And I think that's one of the things that we are supposed to do the first night of Pesach, to sit down and to create seder to create order. So how do you create order? Because remember, again, without order, without order, it's really impossible to accomplish anything. And when I say order, you know, Seder also means like a plan. Think about the following much. I'll give you a simple example. Imagine for a moment, you've decided to go on vacation. And great, you called in work, you took off time, fantastic, you packed up your bags. If you have a family, you're taking your family, the car is ready, everything is great. You get in, you turn on the car, fantastic, you go. Only one problem. You have not decided on a destination. So you have everything. We've got everything. The car, the tank is full. Everything fantastic. Right? I just don't have a destination. See, that's crazy. You can't get anywhere if you don't know where you're going. Yet how many times in life do we go ahead and we live and we go through the day-to-day and we do good things, we engage in positive dynamic activity, but yet I don't know where I'm going. I don't have a comprehensive life plan. And I don't mean a comprehensive life plan that what am I doing for the next 120 years? I mean, just like a comprehensive life plan, like what do I want to accomplish as a person? Who do I want to be? 
What do I want to do? How do I want to self-actualize a plan? A plan. And herein lies the beauty of the first night of Pesach. We sit down for a Seder. We're celebrating our newfound freedom because remember again in Judaism, we do not go ahead and celebrate historical events, but rather in Judaism, we go ahead and we celebrate, or I should say, we, we experience historical events through a contemporary prism. So the goal of the Leila Seder is to feel as if I am coming out of Egypt as well. The same way my ancestors left, a new lease on life, a new beginning, again, a blank slate. You could do whatever you want. You could be whatever you want. That's my goal. I come, I sit down at the Seder, and I feel inspired and overwhelmed because I know that I'm facing a brand new beginning, a brand new beginning. But in order to maximize that new beginning, there has to be, again, a Seder. There has to be a plan. If there's not a plan, then the new beginning comes, the new beginning goes, and I have not maximized the opportunity in any way. So how do we make a plan on the Leil HaSeder? Or maybe a little bit differently, how do we use the Seder to create Seder? How do we use the Pesach Seder to create order, to create a life plan? So I'll share with you something amazing. You know that if you look in the beginning of any Haggadah, beginning of any Haggadah, so the first page of the Haggadah is actually not Kiddush, right? Normally, again, we begin looking at Haggadah now. Normally, we begin with Kiddush. But the truth is, in most times in Haggadah, hold it up, you can see it over here. More often than not, you're going to find a page that says Simane HaSeder. And in fact, again, these are a bunch of words that actually refer to the various sections of the Seder. Kadesh, which refers to Kiddush, Urchatz, where we wash our hands, Karpas, eat a vegetable dipped in water, salt water, Yachatz, break the middle matzah, Magid, telling over the story, Rachza, washing before we eat matzah, Motzi, matzah, eating the matzah, Maror, consuming bitter herbs, Korech, making the sandwich, Shulchan Orech, the meal, Safun, the consumption of Afikoman, Barech, benching, Halal, reciting Halal, and Nirza, the conclusion of the Seder. Great. So remember, again, many have the custom to actually sing this or to say it or to sing it even before you begin the Seder. Person should, and it's interesting, it always intrigued me that this was very helpful, the Simonia Seder, the different words, or I should say the order of the Seder was very helpful, especially when not everybody had a printed Haggadah. Right? So if you didn't have a printed Haggadah, you had to remember what comes first, what comes second, what comes after that. So the Simonim, these, these signs or these words, these sections are very helpful to tell you what you do first, second, third, fourth, so on and so forth. But I have a Haggadah. I would venture to say all of us have a Haggadah. And if you don't have a Haggadah, you can just download one online. Baruch Hashem, we have access to everything and anything. So why do I need to say this? And Rabbi Yisrael Meir Lau, chief, former chief rabbi of Israel, current chief rabbi of Tel Aviv, says, has a beautiful explanation. He says that embedded in these words, embedded in what we call the Simone HaSeder, the order of the Seder, each one of these words represents a different piece of a comprehensive life plan. Isn't that incredible? Even before you go into the Haggadah, even before you turn to page two, which is Kiddush, page one, the Simone HaSeder itself has everything you need for a comprehensive life plan. So allow me to take you through Rabbi Lau's explanation. He goes through them one by one. Kaddish. Kaddish, we know, represents Kiddish. But Kaddish on a deeper level means, says Rabbi Lau, 
I want Kiddusha. I want holiness in my life. I don't want to live a life of mediocrity and I don't want to be spiritually parav. I want to be passionate. I want to be excited. I want to be engaged. I want holiness in my life. I want Kaddish. I want Kiddusha. So how do you get that? How do you find holiness in life? And the answer is in the next word, Orchatz. And then remember again, Orchatz refers to the washing of the hands we do before we partake of the Karpas. We'll get to just about Orchatz. So the next thing we do after Kiddush is we wash. So what's the first step to actualizing your personalistic holiness? Washing away the things which are holding you back. You see, all of us have things which are holding us back. And it could be a variety of things. It could be a bad character trait. It could be a toxic relationship. It could be chas of shalom and addiction. It could be a whole variety of things. But we all have things that are holding us back. And in order to embrace your personalistic holiness, in order to have kadesh, kedusha, the first step to kedusha is orchatz. Identify that which is holding you back and find the courage to wash it away. Find the courage to let go of it. Find the courage to leave it behind. You know, the rabbis have an interesting expression in the Talmud. We know that if a person, let's say, becomes ritually impure, just to, without getting too technical here, let's say a person comes in contact with a corpse, a person goes to a cemetery. So in a cemetery, a person becomes tame, ritually impure. I now want to remedy my impurities. So I have to do a couple of things, but amongst those things, you have to go to a mikvah. You have to immerse in a ritual bath. So let's say for a moment, and you'll, you'll excuse the, 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 the example. Let's say a person goes into the, into the mikvah, but they're holding a rodent, a dead rodent in their hand. Right? So I go in, I dunk, I get up, I dunk again. A person can't become ritually pure because I'm holding a source of impurity in my hand. The expression the rabbis give to this is tovel v'sheretz biyado. person is immersing, but the sheretz, the rodent, the source of impurity is still in their hand. And it's an incredible metaphor because very often in life, this is what we do. So I want to be good. I want to be holy. I want to be, I want to be, I want to be a holy person, but I'm unwilling to let go of the impurity. I'm unwilling to let go of the things that is causing me to be impure. I'm unwilling to let go of the thing that is holding me back. I'm unwilling to let go of a thing that is spiritually toxic. So I want to be holy, but I'm unwilling to let go of the things that are shackling me to my present mediocrity. So what do we do on Pesach? Kaddish, you want Kiddusha? You want Kiddush, you want holiness? First step, Orchatz. Identify what's holding you back and find the courage to finally let it go. Next, Karpas. Now Rabbi Lau understands Karpas, yachatz, they go together. Karpas, remember again, refers to taking the vegetable, dipping it in salt water. Yachatz means we split the middle matzah. And Rabbi Lau here explains, no, here's what this means. Karpas, yachatz means that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, even if you have, even if all you have is a karpas, is a little vegetable, yachatz, split it in half and share it with another. Part of spiritual success is not only being focused on yourself. Part of spiritual success is transcending yourself and being focused on others, being able to think about what does the other need? How can I help the other? Life is not all about me. It's not all about my comfort. It's not all about my happiness. It's not all about my security. What it means to be a Jew 
is to be there for your brother, to be there for your sister, to be there for your people. So karpas yachas, even if all you have in life is a little potato, all you have in life is a little bit, yachas, split it in half and share it with someone else. Magid rachtsa. Ultimately, again, magid rachtsa, so magid refers to telling over of the story. Rachtsa ultimately refers to washing our hands before we eat. So here again, Rabbi Lau says, magid rachtsa means teach your family. Teach your family the power of rachts. Remember again, rachts, we said before, orchats means letting go of the things that are holding you back. Once you've mastered that yourself, magid rachtsa, teach other people how to do it as well. And most specifically, if you're privileged to have children, teach your children how to do this as well, because isn't all of life learning how to let go? It's learning how to let go of the things that are holding me back. It's learning how to let go in relationships. Not everything has to be a fight. You don't have to be right all of the time. As the Ger Rebbe says, it is so much better to be happy than it is to be right. And so much of successful relationships is based on the ability to be mevater, to yield, to let go. Not, you, don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to fall on the sword for everything. Not everything is a battle that has to be won. Not everything is even a battle that has to be waged. So magid rachza, teach your family, teach your family, ultimately how to let go of the things that are holding them back as well. But of course, the prerequisite to teaching your family is what? Is you have to master it yourself first, right? You can't become a teacher of this lesson to others if you have not first mastered it. Next, motzi matzah. And this is incredibly beautiful. Now, motzi matzah, motzi refers to the hamotzi. We make the bracha of hamotzi over matzah. And matzah refers to the bracha of alachilas matzah that we make over the matzah. Rabbi Lama says motzi matzah, matzah also means fighting. Fighting, like quarreling. Motzi matzah means remove the quarreling from your life. Don't argue. Don't argue. You know, sometimes you have to have a spirited debate, and sometimes you have to have a disagreement, but more often than not, the arguments in life simply aren't worth it. You know, there's so much machlokas. Often you find so much, so much dispute, so much acrimonious debate and negativity within Chal Yisrael. And we don't realize that it hurts us. It hurts us as a people. It hurts us as individuals. Motzi matzah, stop the machlokas. Person, you know, before you argue with someone, whether it's a spouse or whether it's a child or whether it's a parent or a friend or someone else, person has to ask themselves, is the argument really worth it? Is it really worth it? Is it really important enough to cause machlokas, to cause debate, to cause dispute? Debate is okay, but dispute within cloud Yisrael. Motzi matzah, remove the machlokas from your life. You know, we all know people who are ready to fight at the drop of a hat, right? It doesn't make a difference. Big issue, little issue they are ready to roll up their sleeves and mamish go at it. And people like that, we generally avoid. People like that accomplish very little because often they're simply marginalized by everyone around them. The goal is to be, as the Mishnah in Pirkei Avo says, be a disciple of Aaron, the high priest. Ohev shalom, love peace. Rodev shalom, pursue peace. And the Maral of Prague says something amazing. 
He says normal people love peace, right? Regular normal people love peace. If, if there are people who love to fight, but they're abnormal. Normal people love peace. So what was so special about the high priest Aaron, about, about Aaron Akoin? He was a Rodev Shalom. He ran after peace. You see, most of us love peace. And I will happily welcome Shalom. I'll happily welcome peace into my life as long as peace comes to me. But am I really ready to run after peace? Am I really ready to pursue peace? And that's what it means. That, that was the unique quality of Aaron Akoin. He didn't just love peace, but he was a pursuer of peace as well. Motsi matzah, remove the machlokes, remove the debate, remove the quarrelsome nature of your relationships. More often than not, the fight is simply not worth it. Mark, so I just, I'll pause here for just a moment. So again, hopefully you're keeping track of all of this because it's an incredible life blueprint. So you have Rabbi Lau teaching us that again, remember the whole avodu, the whole point of the night is seder, to create order in the chaos, to create a life plan. Kaddish, what do I want? I want holiness. Step one, orchats, wash away the things that are holding you back. Step two, karpas yachats, no matter what you have in life, a lot or a little, find the courage to share it with others. Don't be a person who just lives for yourself, but live for others as well. Magid rachza, teach those around you the value of letting go of the things that are holding them back as well. Motzi matza. Don't fight. Don't fight. Be a person of shalom. And not just a lover of peace, but ultimately a pursuer of peace. Next, maror. Maror means be prepared. That there are difficult times in life. You know, so many times we become disillusioned when we encounter difficult periods in life. And the reason we become disillusioned is because we often live with the fallacy that life is supposed to be easy, that life is supposed to be comfortable, that I'm not supposed to run into any speed bumps or roadblocks or brick walls. And the truth is, that is a false life narrative. No one ever promised us that life is supposed to be easy. No one ever promised us that life is going to be without its hiccups or difficulties. As the Pasik says, Adam la'amal yulad. Man was born to toil. And we have to accept the fact that there is maror in life. There are bitter herbs in life. And that's just the reality of it. And it is so much more powerful, and I should say empowering, to accept the reality of maror. Because if you don't accept the reality, then the first time you get a dose of it, which we all do, it could be paralyzing. But if I accept the reality of maror from the beginning, if I accept the reality of maror ultimately, again, as a fact of life, then when it happens, and it will, for each of us, I'm ready, prepared, and will not be derailed by the murder. Next, Korech. Remember again, what's Korech? Korech is our Hillel sandwich, right? Remember again, we take matzah, we take murder, and we go ahead and we, we take some charosas, we roll it, well, we, we put it all together. You have to understand, just you should know a little bit of history over here. In the times of the base Hamikdash, they used to use soft matzahs, soft matzahs, like a, like a lafa. They used to use soft matzahs. So just understand what the sandwich looked like. They would have the paschal lamb, which was lamb. Obviously, current Pesach was a lamb. So they would have a soft matzah, some roasted lamb, and lettuce, which is what they used, which is what they used for, for maror. And they put that all together inside of the soft matzah and rolled it together. 
And what do you get? I mean, contemporarily, we call that a shawarma, right? But again, they called it carbon Pesach. That, that, so that, that was the sandwich. So today, you know, we often wonder to ourselves as we're making this sandwich, right? Two pieces of shmura matzah, some lettuce, a little bit of charos, as you take one bite over of it and it's everywhere. It's ever like a culinary disaster. But again, that was the idea. So what's Korech? Korech does something amazing. Korech takes the maror, which represents the bitterness, the matzah, which represents redemption and binds them together to teach us an incredibly important lesson that in every moment of bitterness, there is redemption. And in every moment of redemption, you have to remember your bitterness. You see, in Judaism, we believe that even in the murder, even in the difficult chapters of life, there is something redemptive because the same God who guides our moments of redemption also guides our moments of murder. The same God who shepherds us in times of good is the same God who takes care of us ultimately in times of difficulty as well. And the idea is, and when we're, and when we're in a period of matzah, which is a period of redemption, it is so important for us to always remember the challenges which preceded the redemption. That's korech. Don't become disillusioned with your murder. Don't become disillusioned with the difficult times. Find the redemptive moments, even in the times of difficulty and in times when life is good, remember the difficulties, the challenges, and the sacrifices that paved the way for you to enjoy your blessings, your brachos. Next, Shulchan Orech. Shulchan Orech, Rabbi Lau says, means Shulchan Orech. What's the Shulchan Orech? Well, Shulchan Orech means literally a set table on the Seder of first meal. But it also refers to Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch is the code of Jewish law. The code of Jewish law. Now, what's our goal? Our goal in life is to live by the book. That's my goal. We have a book. The book is called Torah. Baruch Hashem. And Torah has so many different appendages to it. There is the written law, Torah Shavich Sav. There is the oral law, Torah Shabbat and in the oral tradition, we have so many different parts of it. We have Mishnah, we have Gimara, we shown them, and Achronim, and Shulchan Aruch. And what does Shulchan Aruch? Shulchan Aruch is the court of Jewish law. And what does the court of Jewish law teach us? It teaches us how to live our lives. From the way we put on our shoes in the morning, to the way we say Shema when we go to sleep at night. Any and every detail of our lives is beautifully scripted by the Shulchan Aruch. Now the truth is, most of us don't really fulfill every single part of the Shulchan Aruch. It's part of the nature of life, right? No one's perfect. We don't do everything. But you know, in life, it's not necessarily about doing everything. Sometimes in life, you have to know what's right, even if I'm not yet up to actually doing it. So on a personal level, there are many things that I know that I could be doing better. Many, well, I should say, some things that I'm not doing at all that I know I should be doing. Some things that I know I am doing that I should not be doing. And some things that I'm not yet doing that I really should start doing. I'm not perfect. I don't do everything. But I know what I should be doing. I know what my obligations are. And that's really important. Because in life, Hashem does not expect us to be perfect. He does not expect us to follow every single detail and do every single thing to the T. He expects us to, to, first of all, be knowledgeable, to know what the expectations are, and to try to fulfill them. And as long as at the end of the day, I'm trying. And again, trying is a relative effort. Trying depends on who I am, where I am in life, what my circumstances are. 
But as long as I am trying to follow Shulchan Aruch, as long as I'm trying to follow Halacha Jewish law, I'm trying my best to do what it is that Hashem asks of me, as long as I'm trying, that's all Hashem asks of us. That's Shulchan Aruch. Next, Safun. Now, Safun refers to Afikomen. Right now, Afikomen in this context, Safun literally means hidden. Now, the reason why Afikomen is called Safun, hidden, is because we know that the custom is that we break the middle matzah in half and we hide the larger half for Afikomen. So Afikomen is called hidden. So Rabbi Lau says, Safun Barech, which means there are times in life where God is hidden. It happens, right? Even King David said in Psalms and Tehillim, Keli, Keli, Lama Azaftani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right? There are times when God is hidden and God is obscured. But at the end of the day, suffer even when God is hidden, Barich, find a way to bless him. Meaning what? Even if you can't see him, he's there. And even if you can't feel him, he's there. And even in those moments when I feel so alone and so forsaken, he is there. And it's my job, it is my avoda, my job as a Jew, to try to perceive him, to try to seek him out, even when he is hidden. Next, halal. Halal, of course, refers to praise. Well, it refers in the, in the, in the Seder to the beautiful actual, the recitation of halal. But on this particular deeper level, halal means find something to praise God about. You know, it's an interesting thing that many, many of us, if somebody were to stop me and ask me what's broken in my life, I could rattle that off pretty quickly. If you ask me what's going great, right? What are the brachos? Sometimes it takes a little bit longer for me to formulate that list. It's an interesting thing about human nature, right? If you ask me what's broken, I got that on the tip of my tongue. What's going great? What's beautiful? What's fantastic? A little bit longer. Don't live life like that. Live a life of hollow. Find something to praise God for each and every day. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your livelihood. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's the beautiful sunrise you saw. Maybe it's the ocean. I see someone has a beautiful background of an ocean here. Right? Maybe it's the beautiful ocean, right? Whatever, whatever it might be. Find, be the kind of person who gives hollow. Be the kind of person who sees the good in life. Don't always see what's broken. Don't always focus on what's not going right. Don't always focus on what's in a state of disrepair, but identify what's great, what's beautiful. What can you give proper praise? What can you say hallel, gratitude to Hashem? And if we do all of this, right? So before I get to the last piece, if we do all this. So now look, look how exhaustive this is. So now I just want to point out how, how incredible is the Seder night. This is page one of the Haggadah. Page one, we haven't even got, right? This, this is before you even get anywhere in Haggadah. I haven't even started yet. I haven't even started, haven't even made Kiddush yet. I didn't even drink the first cup yet. And yet on this opening page of Simone HaSeder, of the, of the Simonim, the signs, right? The various components of the Seder is a, a mnemonic to remember what goes on in the Seder, but more importantly is the way I make order in life. How do I make order out of a chaotic world? The simple answer is Kiddusha. I have to become holy. I have, remember again, the Torah itself gives me this mandate. Kiddushin to you. My goal in life is to be holy. 
How do I become holy? And again, let's run through the steps once more. Orchatz, wash away the stuff that's holding you back. Karpas yachatz, no matter how much or how little you have, share it with someone else. Magid rachza, teach your family and your friends the power of letting go of the things that are holding them back. Motzi matza, let go of the quarreling. Do not be a quarrelsome person. Value shalom over everything else. Maror, accept the fact that there will be difficulties in life. Korech, be the kind of person who sees the redemptive matzah in maror and remembers maror in times of matzah. Be the kind of person, ultimately, again, who sees the ray of light, even in the midst of difficult times and in times of good. Remember all of the sacrifice that paved the way for you to enjoy that good. Shulchan Orech, try your best to live according to the letter of the law. Know that God has expectations of each of us. He doesn't expect us to be perfect, but he expects us to know what it is that we're supposed to be doing and at least to try to do it. Whether I fail, whether I succeed, I do what I'm supposed to do, I don't do. As long as I try, that's what Hashem asks. Safun barech. Even when Hashem is hidden, even when you can't see him, you can't feel him, know that he's there and make sure to bless him. Hallel. Don't be the kind of person who looks around the world seeing everything that is broken, but be the kind of person who looks around the world and sees the beauty and sees something to thank Hashem for. In other words, make your gratitude list. Every single day, find something to say, thank you, Hashem, for giving me this beautiful thing, for giving me this beautiful aspect of life. And if you do all of this, all of this, nirza. Nirza means it'll be accepted. If I could pull this off, if I could pull this off, then ultimately, again, my life, my avoda, my spiritual service to Hashem will be accepted. And more than being accepted, ultimately, I'll be privileged to lead a life of Kaddish, of Kiddusha. So how incredible is it that before we even delve into the Seder, the Haggadah itself gives us the blueprint for successful living. The Haggadah itself gives us the blueprint for creating order in a chaotic world. Often it feels like we have control over nothing. Often it feels like events just constantly unfold and there's like a tidal wave of uncertainty that's often ready to overtake us. And the goal of Pesach night is to create order out of the chaos. The goal of Pesach night is to create a plan. And here's our plan. Page one of the Haggadah, before you get into anything else, here is the comprehensive life plan for success. This is the playbook for Kiddusha, for holiness. This is the playbook for self-actualization. This is the playbook for successful living. Now, it's possible, by the way, that we might look at this at the Saturday night, we might say, this is beautiful. Way too much. Way too much for one night. Right? Way too much for one time. But that's okay. Because the truth is, maybe it is too much for one night. I think, you know, we're all holding in different places. Some of us see this, and we're like, okay, I got this. I'm ready to go. I've got my plan. Let me get started. Others see this and like, wow, great. Now I see the comprehensive plan. I see how it's all laid out. Too much for me to digest all at once. Just fine. Just take it one step at a time. But whether you decide to jump into everything and accept the plan as a whole, or whether you choose just to take it one step, one simon, one step at a time, do something. Because the night of Pesach is the night where we find our freedom. We find our freedom from who we were and who we are. And it's the freedom to become 
who we can be. It's the freedom to self-actualize. It's the freedom to become the best version of ourselves. It's the freedom to say, I don't have to remain where I am right now. I could be something bigger. I could be something better. I could be something holier. But the only way to get there is with a plan. So we should be privileged, Amir Hashem, over the course of the Pesach Seder, to harness the energy of this night. Because it is, as I start, when I started 40 minutes ago, right? this is the power of the night of the Seder. Seder night is one of the most powerful nights. It's a night filled with cathartic, comprehensive, transformative energy. If I want to remake myself, I can do so. If I want to change myself, I can do so. Whatever I want to become on a personalistic level, I can do. But you can only get there if you have a plan. You can only get there if you create a seder, if you create an order. Whether it's this order in the Haggadah or your own order, each of us should be privileged to tap into the incredible power of this night. So begin to prepare ready for the Seder now, as we're doing tonight together, to sit down at the Seder armed with a plan of who I want to become, what do I want to be, and the life I want to live, and the merit of tapping in to the cathartic, redemptive power of this night. We know that as the rabbis teach us, Benisan Nigalu or Benisan Asidin Ligoel, we were historically redeemed in this month, and we will once again experience messianic redemption in this month as well. And maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year. You know, I tell my children every year when we open the door, after we pour the cup of ADO, I tell my children, when you open the door, you have to, before you open it, I said, do you believe with a complete heart that Eliyahu Hanabi is standing on the other side? I said, because you're only allowed to open the door if you absolutely unequivocally believe that he is there. If you believe he's there, then we'll open the door. If you don't believe it, then it's an exercise in futility. But if you believe it, then we could open it. But just be prepared. If he's not there, if he's not there, don't be sad. And don't give up. And don't cry. Because just because he's not here tonight doesn't mean he won't be here tomorrow night. And we've been opening the door waiting for Eliyahu Hanabi for so many years, for so many generations. And perhaps if we do our part and come to the Pesach Seder, armed with our plan, armed with our Seder, with our order, committed to change, committed to self-evolution, committed to growth, then maybe, just maybe, when we open the door, we will be privileged to see the smiling, luminescent countenance of Eliyahu of the prophet Elijah, telling us, my children, you've spent so many years waiting for me. I'm here, and I'm here to finally tell you, it's time to come home. We should be privileged, God willing, to experience that this year. And I take the opportunity to wish all of you a chag kasher a beautiful, uplifting, and transformative Pesach.